Hey guys, and welcome back to the Worth Living For podcast. And this episode is going to be titled A Moment of Clarity. And um, I'm truly thankful to have my um, best friend Luke on this episode. Um, again, it's going to be another episode regarding uh, mental health. Um, so thanks for coming on, Luke. Yeah, it's no problem. Thank you. So yeah, on this episode, we're just going to be talking about um, mental health and finding some accountability partners, um, finding some friends that can um, pray for us and be with us um, in the difficult moments where mental health is just um, raging like a storm and having people that can really um, pray for you in those significant moments. Um, But I will just quickly note um, before we jump into the actual discussion, This is in no way, shape or form a one shoe fits all kind of situation um, because everyone's mental health is different. So what we talk on this episode, it might encourage you, it might help you, um, but it's not necessarily going to be like a one shoe fits all. um, What we say is right sort of thing. Um, Just two blokes that have experienced mental health and just sharing... um, the things that we've been through and the things that have helped us. So I guess, Luke, my first question would be um, in those specific moments where, you know, mental health is raging and um, feels like extremely difficult, um, how would you encourage someone to find account- accountability partners, but making sure it's someone that, you know, you trust and, maybe even someone that has a little bit of experience in what you've experienced? Um, I think uh, first thing is um, just to state that, like, uh, when we when we say accountability, we don't mean someone who's going to hold you accountable. Mm. What, what we mean is um, someone who will be able to um, – kind of assess the situation, like someone that knows you and knows when um, you're acting out of the ordinary. So it's not someone who's holding you to account. It's someone that is, um, I guess, um, taking account of the things that you're doing and um, kind of looking at, at the um what's going on with you and what's actually you know um looking at the different behaviors and stuff and seeing if something might be up um which is probably the first that's that that's probably important to know before um looking for someone to fulfill that role because you need someone who um, knows you quite intimately. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't just pull someone off the street, um, like a random friend or even someone just from church. Like, cause a lot of the time people will say that like, Oh, you need a account- accountability partner. And they're talking about behavior wise. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and they'll just say to pick some random person from church, but they don't know you, Yeah, you know? And, um, and there's plenty of, um, you know, things in the Bible talking about giving each other grace and stuff like that. So, like, 
how are people supposed to give each other grace if they don't mm. really know each other that yeah. well? Like how are you supposed to know, oh, that's your normal yeah. unless I actually know you, you yeah. know, and, and that kind of thing. And it, it's the same with mental health when you look at, um, um, for example, if you've got someone who is neurodivergent and has mental health issues and then you pair them up with someone who's neurotypical, there's no like, like there's no litmus test to go, okay, or well, like, this is where I stand, you know, like, cause like you, you could stand anywhere mm. on your opinion with mental health issues and disabilities. So you could have someone who's like, oh, I'm all for mental health, but they think autism is a condition to be cured mm. because yeah. that's where they stand on that subject. But the thing is, um, they um, don't understand that autism isn't a medical condition. It's just a different wiring of the brain. And, um, but then also on, on the same, um, I guess in the same sort of category there, when you look at it that way is someone could think that um, anxiety can be cured by just exercising and thinking right. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that yeah. might be their experience, mm. but that's the thing. They're not going through exactly what you're going through. So it takes someone who's quite wise and has some level of maturity uh, that's definitely not something that's easy to come by. The, the best thing you, you can do is if you're going to have someone who's going to um, check in on you, it should be someone who's really close to you. Yeah. Um, like, so someone like preferably who's not your partner, like, mm -hmm. you know, someone who's not your um girlfriend, boyfriend, yeah. wife, husband, but is almost as intimate as that. Like someone who knows you that well, yeah. someone who um, knows a bit of your tragic past, you know, stuff like that. Like people who know um, how to gauge you because they've seen your good sides and bad sides. They're not just going to get caught off by something and go, Hmm, you, you've got something wrong with you when it's yeah. like, that's you. Yeah. I was going to say being that. normal you know, um, because that can be a bit of a problem if we're tr like running around looking for someone to be our, um, comfort buddy in, in a sense, but then, um, you know, and they're all for having very healthy brain and, and mental health, but like they, um, don't understand either you as a person or your particular mental illnesses or, or what you're currently going through or don't understand trauma or yeah. any of that stuff. So it's um, the best thing you can do is find someone that not necessarily knows your condition well, but knows you well. Yeah. Um, that's probably the first step. I think, yeah. I was going to say that because um, yeah, I know we've talked on, I'm not sure if it was this podcast or when we're doing hoping the story, but um. I think we talked a little bit about this and the fact that when it comes to the accountability partner, it definitely shouldn't be, you know, your spouse, your girlfriend, boyfriend, what have you. It needs to be a friend that you've done life with. Um, that's been on that life journey with you. That's seen you in difficult moments, seen you in, 
you know, moments where it's been good, bad, and the ugly. Because I think when it comes to your, well, especially with me and my wife, I've told her certain things that I've struggled with, certain things about my mental health and things mm -hmm. like that. But I've more or less told Luke and spoke to Luke more about that. Yeah. Simply because you need that, um, you need that sort of outside opinion, the outside voice. And it's not just that. Um, so some people, what will happen is, um, yes, you you should share all that stuff with your mm. partner, but some people, because they refuse to seek that third person perspective, they will rely on their partner as the person who's going to fix them yeah and then that creates a really unhealthy relationship because you're putting too much pressure on your yeah. partner to fix you rather than um they're there to support you and your friend mm. who you're talking to is going to be um in a sense pulling the heavy weight yeah but like they're going to be with you through it and because they're not emotionally overly attached to you like your partner is, um, it, it's less of a burden to bear. Because if you're emotionally attached to a person and you're basically their counsellor, yeah. in a way, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's that's a lot to deal with. Um, like I've dated people with serious issues, but they treated me like I was their counsellor yeah. and like I was going to fix them. Um, and made out that I was the only person in the world that could help them. Yeah. I only need you. I only need you. Well, mm -hmm. that, that's a red flag. Yeah. Cause if you only need me, what kind of human being only needs one person? Yeah. We need everyone. Yeah. And if you can't like, if, if you're not, um, mixing with the entirety of your community, that, that is, that is something you need to fix yourself. Yeah. Like there's a difference between isolating because you're depressed and never having had a relationship with any other human being other than whoever you're clinging to. Yeah. You know what I mean? That there's a difference there because isolating, um, when you're depressed or when you're withdrawing, that means in the first place you weren't because mm. how can you tell someone's isolating unless they weren't isolated in the first place? Yeah. So like, that's a different thing. So it's not, you can't claim, oh, I'm just isolating because I'm depressed. No, you're clingy and obsessed and thinking that the next boyfriend, the next girlfriend is going to fix all your problems. No one will be able to fix all your problems. Yeah. Most of the work is done by yourself. People yeah. will support you and people will um, be there with you. But going to doctors, making appointments, taking medication, um, recognizing triggers yeah um all that stuff is done by yourself but you just need people who can say hey i've noticed you're not acting like you're not acting yourself yeah. are you okay that's what you need that that's all you need and then that helps you to recognize early oh i am acting different something must be up and then you can realize before it's too late because normally what happens is we'll spiral out of control, then realize, yeah. oh, I'm depressed right now, or oh, I'm anxious, or oh, I'm having a hard time. And we won't realize it first. We'll kind of just be caught up in it. Yeah. Um, and normally that's because the it's 
the emotional response to whatever's upset us is blinding us mm. to um, the effect that's having on us. But yeah, and that's well, and that's the thing because I'm pretty sure we've talked about this before. Not um, just when you when you when you're dating someone, let alone the fact you know, hopefully you get married or whatever. You're, you are literally dating an imperfect person with imperfections, flaws, values, and past, maybe even present mistakes, most, most definitely present mistakes. And then you get married. That person's the exact same person. They're imperfect. They have mistakes, they have flaws and failures just like yourself. So dating someone, let alone marrying that person, expecting them to complete you in a way where now that person becomes your personal counselor, psychiatrist, psychologist, that's not, it's not how it works. That's why, you know, it's great to acknowledge things that are going on, but then the next step has to be like, will you either see a psychiatrist or a psychologist? And that way you get help from a, you know, from a professional because your partner's not supposed to be that person and they can only help you to the extent that they can help you. But they're not, you know, they're not the savior. They're not the fixer of you. Yeah. And like, exactly what Luke was saying. Yeah. I think that's why people go from one relationship to another. But normally it just ends up the same way because there's no lessons that are learned. Yeah. Because but, it's about helping yourself. Mm. But like um, uh, another thing there, probably a really important thing there, is that if you're lonely without someone, You'll mm. be lonely with someone. Yeah, it, it won't fix that. Like that loneliness that you're feeling because you don't have a partner, um, that won't go away. Mm. Like it does not go away by um, being in a relationship. And you might go, well, hold on. Like I mean, I got a boyfriend, I got a girlfriend, and and I felt better. Yeah, you felt better. That's temporary happiness. Mm. But what happens is um, that loneliness will sink in again, and you'll think that um you've just lost the high of the relationship so you try and find ways to make it better make it exciting be more and you know and you just tire yourself out trying to make the relationship feel as good as it did when you first started mm. dating yeah. um and also you just find yourself relying on the other person to fulfill you and it's just really super unhealthy. Yeah. Um, so it's very important to have a, like, uh, it sounds cliche because you hear it a lot, but having a network of people that can help you. And when people say network, it they just mean that you've got a community of people that are able to help you, you know, like you've got friends, you've got people at church, you've got people at work, you've got people um, that you spend time with regularly who you're able to confide in somewhat, um, who are able to like see, hey, you're not doing okay, are you all right? And they're able to help you to recognize when something's up. Because I mean, when I was at work, um, just this week, because I've been having issues this week, um, which is part of the reason why Sean's over here recording right now, because um, uh, 
normally would be doing this over the internet, but he's actually at my house because I was having issues this week. Um, but I have people um, that I work with that are like, hey, you don't look okay. Are you all right? Like, hey, are mm. you doing okay? And they're coming up to me and actually asking me if I'm doing okay um, because they see me enough and they experience me enough to know that that's not my typical behavior. Um, and I'm able to go, huh, maybe there is something up. Maybe they're like, maybe I should take it easy. Maybe um, there is something up. And, and it actually took me a while to figure out what was bothering me. But um, if it wasn't for people pointing it out like that, um, I probably would have just spiraled and not recognized what was going on. Mm. Um, that's why being, you know, yourself, being honest, being, you know, whatever, it, like just being an open like book yeah. is really good because people go, this is what that person's like. Yeah. Um, and they just know that's what you're like. And then when you act different, they don't think, oh, maybe that's just something they were hiding before, but they're actually like this, Yeah. you know, or they don't think it's like anything other. It's like, because people will take things at face value. If you're generally an optimistic person and then all of a sudden you're not being optimistic, they go, hold on, are you okay? Mm. Um, or if you're generally a pessimistic person, um, and, and they know that that's your normal behavior. Yeah. They're not going to think it's out of character and there's something wrong with you and falsely go, Hmm, you must have depression, mm. you know, cause that, that's, that can suck as well. When people think you have depression just because you are a bit of a sour apple, yeah. but like, you know, it's like, like, that's not that bad. I mean, some people are just like, they, um, you know, a half glass empty, you yeah, know, and yeah. that's just the way they yeah. they're very critical. You know, so like, and that's fine. That's fine. But like, um, if people know what to expect from you and you're honest enough to show people, this is what I, these are my true colors. This is what I'm like. People will be able to recognize when something is up and then they can help you to identify, Hey, something's not right. Are you okay? And you just can go hmm, and sort of do some self-assessment because it's all about yourself. But you can't self-assess unless you know something's up. And that takes other people to recognize that. Mm. Because you're feeling all your feelings and half the time we're ignoring our feelings. So like we don't even notice when it comes by. We mm. don't notice when, oh, actually what happened the other day is really affecting me. Like we don't know until yeah. someone pulls us up and says, hey, you're acting out of character, you know. Yeah. And just um, just two things that I wanted to pull from that. Um, I think sometimes in, in uh, I'm gonna word this uh, the way where you know people are, no you can't say that, but I think when it comes to church, it's the unfortunate notion that um, you know hey come up for prayer if you got depression come up for prayer if you got anxiety, and I'm a big believer in prayer and God performing miracles and all that sort of stuff. But I've come to the conclusion that sometimes God doesn't heal things when we think he should, or even heal things that we think he should. And he actually uses that to encourage someone else saying, oh, wait, this person's got depression. This person's got anxiety. This person's got bipolar, whatever it is that's going on. 
yet they come to church, yet they have a personal relationship with me, yet they leave the front door, they go to work, they go to the gym, they do whatever. And also the second thing um, I wanted to say as well, that um, I actually forget what I was going to say. So yeah. um, I'll throw it to Luke. <laughs> I'll, I'll, um, actually, I'll build on that point you just made. Um, if God magically fixed everything that was wrong with us, none of us would have a testimony. Mm. Like, and you think, oh, but isn't your testimony when he fixed everything? Well, no, my life isn't all, you know, sunshine and butterflies. Like, it's not. It's not. I know that makes you laugh. I'm sorry that I, I made you laugh after you sipped that coffee. <laughs> but um, when you think about it, though, God has done amazing things for me. Mm. But also, there's a lot of lessons I've needed to learn to become wiser, to become smarter, to become um, a better human. You know, and um, sometimes things just happen. But it's, it's, you can't just beg God to take away everything that can ever happen to you because then nothing will ever happen to you. Mm. Like yeah. sometimes bad stuff happens, but sometimes good stuff happens. Mm. Like you need to take the good with the bad and you need to learn to um, roll with the punches in a way. Like sometimes we go through trauma, we go through depression, we go through anxiety, we go through all these things. Um, and as horrible as it seems at the time, um, we come out on the other end a lot stronger than when we came in. Yeah. And then, like you said, other people who are going through the exact same thing get that encouragement from us because they saw that we made it through. Mm. Um, or um, alternatively, we have words of wisdom for that person yeah. because we've experienced it too. People who've been through drug addiction yeah. are able to help people through drug addiction because they got through it. And yeah, it was a long road, but they got through it, you know, like, if it was just magically fixed and you just go, Oh God fixed it. When I prayed, yeah. Oh, he hasn't fixed it. Oh, too bad. God mustn't love you. Mm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that just, it's so cheap. Yeah. It's a cheap faith. If you think that God magic, just magic wand waves, everything away. Yeah. And then if he hasn't, then he doesn't love you. Yeah. That's false. Like there's plenty of people that, um, you hear this with a lot of people that, um, preach a lot of prosperity gospel. But um, there's people that believe that, oh, when you're saved, when you're following God, he gives you lots of money. Mm. And then all of a sudden you're, you're, you're blessed because they think being blessed means having money. Yeah. Like I might not be the richest person in the world, and I can guarantee you that um, for most of my Christian life I was living in pretty much poverty. But I can go out, lay hands on someone, and they get healed. Now, what's, what's more blessed, having money to buy expensive cheese yeah, or putting my hand on someone and they get healed? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's how you look at it. Like, blessings come in all different shapes and sizes. Sure, God might bless your finances, but he also can bless you spiritually. He can bless a lot of things. He can bless... Um, your mind. He can make you wise. I mean, that's how he blessed Solomon. Mm. Like, 
he said, I, I'll give you anything that you want. And Solomon said, I just want to be wise. He made him wise, but then he also blessed his finances. People focus on the fact that God gave him finances. Yeah. But the fact is, um, when he said, like, I'm going to bless you, he said, well, make me wiser, please. Like, you know, like, that's still yeah. a blessing. Being yeah. wise is a blessing. Being able to heal people is a blessing. Like, it's not just about having money. Um, having great mental health is not the only blessing that exists. Like, you can't just go, like, I'm blessed if my mental health is fine. Because I've met people and their mental health is fine, but the rest of their life's pretty trash, you know? Like, and they're missing out and or they're missing the point, yeah. you know, and stuff. And that can happen. And to me, when I see them, I'm like, wow, their life, like spiritually is crashing and burning, but they think they've got it all together because their yeah. mental health is great. They have money. Everything's all good. Yeah. Um, you don't have to be perfect and 100% mentally healthy to be blessed and be, um, and to be loved by God. Um, and same with physically healthy. You don't have to be perfectly physically healthy to be loved by God. Can you imagine if they started telling people at church, unless you're able to run five yeah. Ks, yeah. oh, unless you're not depressed, oh, unless you've got a O2 level of this. Can you imagine if they started measuring people's actual fitness levels at church to say, hmm, you're, yeah, you're, you're, you must be, um, uh, a bit slack in your walk because you're not fit enough to walk the mile, yeah. you know, yeah. like, um, that's how we're treating mental health. We're treating it like, unless you are perfectly fit and healthy, yeah. you're not suitable for the work of God. It's exactly the same as saying, if you're not perfectly fit and healthy and pumping iron at the gym, you're not fit for the work of God. It's mm. exactly the same. It's no different. It's just a different facet of health. Mm. um but yeah it's um and what we're talking about isn't about being a perfect person it's not about being a perfect christian it's not about anything like that it's purely about you getting the help that you need so that you're able to live and function in a, in a happy life mm. you know um so yeah so it's um yeah, you gotta you gotta um, I guess take help when it's offered. Um, be honest about how you feel, and um, and and just honest about yourself, yeah. um, about who you are and what you're like, so people know what to expect from you. Because if you're constantly dodging people out of embarrassment or out of whatever they're not going to be able to help you because you're not even honest mm. to like, you're barely honest to yourself in, in that respect, yeah. you know, um, you, you need to be open. You need to be honest. Mm. Um, you need to have a healthy level of respect, um, you know, and yeah, it's, it's, it can be hard, especially if you're someone that, feels kind of like a bit of a lone wolf, I guess, but, um, people do sincerely care. You just have to open up to them. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Um, yeah. I remember what I was going to say. <laughs> um, 
just um being vulnerable like what luke was saying earlier is one of the most important aspects in term to in terms of mental health because not only does it help you when you're vulnerable because you actually legitimately let people in your life you let them know what's going on and it's not just like a um it's not just like a subsurface level of you conversing with someone and saying hey this is going on and it's not just a couple of weeks it's a couple of months it's a couple of years what however long it is in your story but it also you being vulnerable actually helps someone else be vulnerable because someone else looks at you and says oh you can do that so i can do that so now let's talk and that's sort of where the conversation starts it's when you're vulnerable with yourself, you're honest enough to admit what's going on. And even, I'm not going to mention it because I've mentioned it in an, early, in an earlier episode, but when I met my wife, I told her something I was struggling with. She opened up and told, told me something she was struggling with. And that actually made our relationship what it is now. It actually drew us closer rather than apart because to my knowledge and my understanding of, and the reason why I did that was, well, do I want her to eventually let that information trickle down through this person and this person and this person? Or do I want our relationship to begin and start in a place of vulnerability where I expose what I my struggles and just let her know? And then that's when the relationship it, it's about gets trust. better. Yeah. It's about trust. Um, well, and it's I'll like, stop it here and yeah. um, we'll um, catch you in the next part. And welcome back to the episode, and um, I will let Luke take it from here. Yeah, yeah. So what I was just trying to jump in with um, at the end of the previous segment was um, like what Sean was saying in a very roundabout way. He he didn't um, state it, but um, yeah, it it takes trust is basically what he was saying. Um, Like trusting um in another person that they're not going to hurt you because you know like so you can be vulnerable you can tell them things you're not worried that they're going to use it against you um it's about finding trustworthy people mm-hmm. that you can um talk to you know and tell things to and and that's probably um one of the biggest things especially with finding people who are suitable to um, you know, uh, be people that you can tell things to, um, and share with, um, it's people that, you know, have a good track record of listening to you and they don't go telling other people and, and smearing your name and, you know, and that kind of thing. They're just people that are happy to listen to you and help, you know, and they might not give advice. They might not whatever, but the fact that they, uh, willing to listen is much better than, um, you know, someone who says, yeah, I can help you with all your problems. And then goes around telling everyone mm. your business. Yeah. Um, because that is part of the reason why we don't tell people is because we're worried about everyone knowing our business, um, or misunderstanding and using it against us in some way. Um, which I've heard a lot. That's never really happened to me. Not really. Um, maybe a couple of times, but, 
not not really because like um i'm i'm a very open book so it's hard to use information against me because i tell everybody yeah and so everyone already knows so when someone's like did you know this it's like yeah we all know this like you know what i mean like it's pretty hard to use any information against me that's about me um because yeah i'll just be quite open and honest but um that's not easy for everybody um so yeah so it's finding someone who's trustworthy um so good friends and stuff like that Mm. who are people that you can talk to um but yeah like people will say um you know they might say oh my my pastor or youth pastor or small group leader or whatever um you know and they might like have people like that but they're not always the best person um because they deal with so many people yeah um often just because they're so exhausted from dealing with so many people because you might have like 50 people all trying to reach out to that person for help and that person's just like one person Mm-hmm. they're just drowning in people begging for help um and you'll you'll often hear um at church and stuff um leaders will be talking about finding someone yeah um like a good friend to pair off with who can help you with stuff like that with spiritual stuff with whatever um because it's such a big job looking after large groups of people um that it's not always um the best option to just go seeking out oh you're the pastor you'll be able to help yeah you know like that doesn't always work yeah uh, and sometimes they don't understand your problem yeah i've had times where i've approached a pastor and they really didn't understand and they acted like i was just a crazy person and you know wasn't close enough to god i guess um but really like i just didn't understand at the time and they didn't understand mm-hmm. um, me at all um and it took other people to figure that stuff out yeah but yeah it's um yeah it's it's a really important factor um but yeah so it's like it, it is pretty basic it is kind of cliche when you think about it but people that you respect you you respect them people that trust you and that you trust which does sound a lot like your partner when you're with your partner, which is why yeah, people yeah. do rely on their yeah. partners a bit too much in this area. Yeah. Um, because yeah, you need all those things, um, from that person. Well, yeah, just, um, when you said that, it kind of just sparked a thought in my head and, um, like say if you treated your partner, like your personal psycho psychologist or psychiatrist, if you put too much on their plate, and again, going to back to what I said earlier in the previous segment, um, you know, when you're in that relationship, you are dating an imperfect person. So if you're dumping all of your issues and all of your, all of your stuff on the person you're in a relationship with, they're only going to be able to handle that so much. Yeah. And if it's too much, they're either going to have an emotional breakdown or mental breakdown or they're going to leave. Yeah. And I guess that's, um, yeah, might jump into another point, but yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's the thing. Like even professionals leave their work at work. Yeah. Like they don't 
take their work home with them. They're not thinking about you all night. They're not laying awake at night in their bed going, oh, no, funny, I could help poor little Johnny. Like, they don't, (laughs) that's not what's going on. Mm. Like, when they leave work, and even they need counselling to help them to understand they can only be of help when they're at work with the person. Um, it's the same with you. If, if you're helping a friend of yours, you can only help them when you are talking to them. Mm. You can't spend your waking hours worried about them and stuff. It's not healthy for you. You need to recuperate. You need to recover. Um, like it, it's not your job to be anyone's personal savior. Mm-hmm. Um, same with relationships. It's not your job to be anyone's personal savior. Um, but yeah, it goes with all relationships, whether it's, um, you know, um, a romantic one or whether it's a friendship one, like, um, or even family. Um, it's not your job. You know, your job is to be there for that person. Sure. Yeah. But, um, you're not Christ. Like you're not, you know, you're not, um, you're not Superman either. You're not those things. You're you. And as imperfect as you are, so are other people. Mm -hmm. And that's what we need to learn is to expect what we would expect of ourselves. Like, it's like, well, I'm a broken person and I'm, you know, whatever. So is the other person. Mm -hmm. So is the other person. That's why we need to help each other equally. That's why treating each other equally is important because um, nobody's better than you. People are just in different situations. Mm -hmm. So like you might go, oh, well, that person's got more money than me. I'm like, great, but they're probably really mentally unhealthy right now. Like you don't know. Um, You don't know what's on someone's plate until you see for yourself. Yeah. you know um but yeah um, that's the thing i just want to jump in there um um yeah uh just just when luke was talking about um you're not you're not like the savior like and i think that's the thing that especially in mental health we get we get um somehow sucked into this notion that i'm gonna be this person's savior this other person's savior and you end up having all of these people that you just assume out of, I guess, sheer mercy and sheer grace that you're going to be the one that actually pulls them out of the dirt, that somehow you're going to be the one that actually pulls them out of the dirt and just heals everything about them. But most of the time you're not. Sometimes you might be that one person that um, is there for a season but you're not there for the rest of their life. Um, sometimes you might be someone that says something that they need to hear, but at that particular time, it's not something that they're ready to take on board. Mm. And that's fine. That's okay. But we have to understand that when we pray for people, when we in certain seasons of someone's life, we're not there to save them. We're not there to be um, Jesus to the whole extent. We're just there to be there for them, but not to actually, you know, be Jesus in a whole legitimate way. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, a lot of my friends will say I'm their go-to person when it comes to, um, when they're struggling, you know, mentally or, or whatever. Um, 
And like as much of an honor as that is when someone says that, you know, you're my person that I go to, like they do have an understanding that I'm just some guy with bipolar Mm. that sometimes acts inappropriately. Um, And they understand that, but they, they, they love me regardless, you know, like, and, and they know what to expect. They know that I'm not a perfect person, but they also know that I'm an extremely good listener and I do give good advice um, when when advice is asked. Um, and I'm also um, very patient and non-judgmental. So, like, they know that I have the patience to deal with them where most other people would be like, oh, my God, just stop. Mm-hmm. Get over it. Get over yourself. That happened three years ago. You know, like, stuff like that. Um, like, it's, um, like, I've had friends who've, who've had stuff happen years and years ago, and they, they still haven't gotten over it, and they'll still talk to me about it, um, almost like it happened yesterday. And I understand it's hard for them still. But not everybody does. And a lot of their friends, and they tell me about it, they say a lot of my friends don't understand that it still hurts me. Mm. They tell me to get over it. They tell me to move on. They tell me to whatever. Um, Like, that's going to help. But I'm like, well, see, I know it still hurts. Like, yeah, it hurts. You know, like, what happened to you was really horrible. Like, and it's okay for that to still hurt. Your feelings are valid. And, And just because I'm like that, they're just like, thank you. Like you're the best person I could talk to about this, Mm. but that's just because I understand that, um, how they're feeling. Cause I just have empathy. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm not in their shoes because, um, I've never dated a boy half the time. So like a lot of my friends, it'll be problems with guys. Um, my female friends might have problems with guys, but I don't like, I've never dated a guy. I don't know what that's like. But what I do know is like the feelings that they're talking about. And I understand, okay, I know what it's like to be used, you know, I know what it's like to um, have someone pretend to care for your entire Mm. existence for a seriously long amount of time and then just ghost you like you never existed, you know, and I understand those feelings. So I get it. You know, um, I, I won't pretend to um, have all knowledge of everything going on with them and, and act like I can fix it in any way. Um, but um, just because I can understand the feelings and empathize with them, that's enough. Because mm. um, all they ever wanted was someone to um, – listen and um just understand them that's what most people want they don't even want someone to fix the problem yeah most of the time they just want someone to be able to listen and they can just go thanks for listening yeah um that 90 percent of people just want someone to listen they don't even need anyone to fix their problem yeah um like like we said fixing your problem is something that you generally do yourself when you're feeling better that's part of the healing process so once you're feeling up to it you then start moving forward and you start fixing 
what was causing the problem in the first place. Yeah. So whether it's your attitude towards relationships, whether it's um, problems with like an addiction of some kind, whether it's, you know, all these different things, um, it, it, it's your sort of role to take on um, when you're feeling better um, and when you've recuperated and you've got the strength to go, okay, I'm going to stop doing this. You know, I'm going to make these changes. Like, yeah, great. You can't do that in the midst of the storm. Yeah. You have to do that stuff. Like you can't repair the boat while you're in the middle of the storm. Like, cause it's just going to keep getting wrecked. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's just going to keep getting torn apart. You need to, you need to, um, bunker down and, and wait it out. And then when it's over, you inspect the damage and you, you just repair it, you fix it. And that's how we have to treat our mental health. We can't just, um, try to repair ourselves when, um, we're in the midst of, you know, this swirling spiral that we're going through. Um, but yeah.